0: This episode of Ministry Monday is brought to you by Dana. Irish Catholic recording artist Dana has ignited the flame of faith in hearts around the world with beautiful songs like We Are One Body, sung at World Youth Day in 1993, St. Joseph's Song in honor of our Lord's earthly father, and her new hit Light the Fire in celebration of St. Patrick. You can now share these hymns with your congregation by downloading the sheet music at dsmusicstore.com today. Visit dsmusicstore.com and enter code NPM23 for 10% off your order of $30 or more. From NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, this is episode 223 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? npm is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy the members of npm serve the catholic church in the united states as musicians clergy liturgists and other leaders of prayer for more information go to npm.org forward slash join have a question email us anytime at Monday at npm.org. Hello and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to Ministry Monday wherever you listen to your podcasts each week. And hey... Thanks for joining us. Today's episode of Ministry Monday features and celebrates Te both the small village and the music it offers in contemplation and in prayer. Today, we offer an archived episode where we spoke to David Anderson, editor-at-large for GIA Publications and director of music and liturgy at Ascension Catholic Church in Oak Park, Illinois. David has visited Tizé, France, several times and has led monthly Tizé services for years in his parish. He reflects about the depth and the beauty of Tizé and how you can implement its music and spirituality in your parish. Today on Ministry Monday, I'm talking with David Anderson. How are you today, David? I
1: am doing great. You know, we're all navigating lots with uh, the various pandemics we're living through and uh... Uh, and hopefully we're at the end of the, we're seeing the end of the tunnel uh, with the pandemic, and there's a lot of hopeful things going on and a lot of things to kind of uh, navigate and kind of, <laughs> you try to kind of clear up any confusion. And, uh, uh, but that's our job to try to help people find their way and find their path and God's with us all the way. So that's great.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Today, we're going to talk about Taze music and your experience with Taze overall. So I guess let's start and kind of set the stage if it's okay. Um, what are some of your earliest recollections of using Taze music?
1: Well, I would have to say uh, my earliest recollections of Taze music would probably be NPM conventions. So hmm. NPM, uh, you know, in the early years, Bob Banastini uh, brought a lot of the music of to, uh, uh to NPM. And so as a, as a conventioneer, as an attendee, I would go to these services. And, and that was when I was really pretty young. And, um, and then I would start to um, you know, try to do some of those songs. I would find those songs and uh, use them a little bit in the parish, but it really wasn't until I kind of went to France the first time uh, in my college years and I'd experienced Tézé that I really kind of put those connections together, connected you know, NPM Tézé. Uh, with the place called Taizé or the community of Taizé and then the music and the mission of Tezé. So, so it's been a really amazing thing for me as a pastoral musician to kind of kind of experience in, in all those different ways, the music of Tezay.
0: Would you mind sharing some of your memories of the first time you went to Taizé in college?
1: Sure, I mean, um, and it was not a, it was not a pilgrimage. Uh, the first time I went to Taizé in college, I was on a, uh, like a college choir tour and um, and then uh, we uh, we were performing uh, in Cluny. Uh, which is, you know, not very far from Teze. And we had the opportunity to go to Teze. Uh, some people had heard about it. They didn't know much about it. So I didn't know much about it either. So um, so anyway, went there and just experienced kind of part of a day there and went to a couple of the prayers and then didn't really think about it too much. But then also, then I experienced it more at NPM conventions. And then I went on a... Uh, a familiarization tour, you know, after I'm a choir director for a year, you know, uh, with Peter Bahu, and, uh, you know, uh, so, uh, and that was a familiarization tour for choir directors in France, and we spent a whole Hmm. day in Tizay, and it was there that I said, I really have to come back here, number one, and spend more time, but then I really have to bring some of this music, back to my community, you know, because at the time I was mostly doing all, mostly hymnody and, you choral music and things like that and, you know, uh, various types of other contemporary music. So, so it was interesting to bring this style of music, this very simple mantra or these repetitive songs and, and to try to introduce them. I think I introduced them first to children in the parish, children's liturgies, uh, but then they kind of started finding their way uh, kind of in Sunday liturgy, you know, in different parts of the liturgy. So, yeah, so that's my experience. And now
0: they, they, they've grown so much into your parish ministry (laughs) since then, right?
1: Yes. So, um, so over, um, yeah, about 28 years ago. Um, um, so it's a long time ago. Um, I decided to try to offer this monthly prayer, you know, mm-hmm. because, uh, and, 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 and after that, those initial visits at Tizé, I did get to go for a week, two weeks. Uh, so I saved my money <laughs> as a young pastor, a musician, and, uh, you know, found a way to get back to Tizé and go mm-hmm. in l- with groups of friends and things like that. Uh, uh, but, uh, uh, and there's always this idea of when you leave Tizé or you experience Tizé and you meet people from all over the world and you sing together and you pray together, and you kind of grow and you have this ecumenical experience of, uh, of your Christian faith uh, that you sometimes you want to bring it back You might take those songs back. So that's a real common thing. Uh, and so I wanted to, in my local community, I wanted to bring kind of a, a, a prayer using the songs of Taizé uh, to our local community and meaning local, Catholic and, you know, Catholic, uh, and uh, ecumenical. And the, the town where I work uh, in Oak Park, Illinois is a very ecumenical inter, interfaith uh, kind of minded community, so they have a lot of uh, there's there were a lot of seeds in place, a lot of things in place. So our parish became this monthly place for a service. So so for over uh, over twenty seven years now, we've been offering a prayer on the first Friday. Uh, we had not stopped until the pandemic and mm. uh, a few months into the pandemic we started trying to do recorded services uh, with some brave souls singing you know <laughs> 20 feet <Yeah>. apart <laughs> <So things laughs> like that. Uh, but uh but for uh yeah for so for 28 years uh, you know I really took off and uh you know, so, you know, at our height, you know, we get like six, 800 people on a first Friday at church and uh, wow. and, uh, and uh, so very diverse. In some months, it's three or 400. It just kind of goes up and down. And also in the Chicagoland area over the years, I've kind of helped and a few colleagues we've uh, started uh, other prayers at other, uh, you know, Catholic and Protestant churches. So it's kind of, so people have other opportunities. It's not just one prayer in Oak Park, but, but Oak Park is still remains a kind of a big prayer. My real inspiration was, uh, I remember when I was um, in late twenties or something, I saved money to fly to California because Sister Suzanne Tulen Mm. Uh, has for many many years done a first I think it's first Friday they do a prayer around the cross in their mm. mother house chapel in Burlingame mm. California and I remember saving money to go to that and all I did is I landed I got there I went to the prayer I talked to sister I left the next day you know what
2: wow I mean?
1: yeah <laughs> you know I didn't even I didn't go anywhere else I just went to Burlingame. <laughs> you know so that was very funny but I went to experience what somebody else had done so she was a real kind of that was a nice model and uh, you know so Anyway, so that's what we've done over the years. It's really become kind of this real outreach. Um, And not that we're trying to make any Catholics, but a number of people have been coming to, have been coming to Ascension for so many years that they got interested in Catholicism, even though is not a Catholic prayer or anything like that, but it's truly Mm -hmm. ecumenical. So we've had some nice connections um, uh, with the various uh, Catholic and Protestant communities in the area and beyond. We've had a lot of college students come Uh, you know, uh, 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 evangelical students from Wheaton College and Mm. students from DePaul, from various Catholic universities, universities. So they'll come in large groups, you know, uh, it just depends on the month. So it's been a real gift to this local community to provide a place and a space, you know, to sing and pray and experience Christ in community, and to really kind of uh, deepen kind of our contemplative practice, you know, through silence and the singing of these chants, which are essentially mantras for the most part. You know what I mean? Right. So, and that's, you know, and that really resonates, I think with a lot of contemporary uh, spirituality hungers as we kind of tap into contemplative practice in a busy world. So, and I, I think people kind of like that. So long
0: answer. No, that's great. It's a great answer. And I'm so glad you said that too. I wrote down, you know, a combination of silence and mantras, or at least I understand what you're saying with that, those small, simple refrains. And last month on the podcast, I spoke to Father James Martin about his new book about prayer. And Mm -hmm. he talked about silence as well as spoken prayer in other ways for dialogue in finding our spiritual faith. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, you just alluded to it, but how important is providing silence or pockets of silence and contemplation in the midst of the Taizé music?
1: Well, I mean, I would say that especially if you go to Taizé, if you spend, uh, you know, most people, they, the brothers ask that you spend a week there, you give it a week. Don't just go for three days, you know, so they really like ideally, and it's really geared toward, it's people of all ages, but I mean, they really target, you um, that 18 to 30 year old demographic. They're really uh, uh, they're really trying to provide a, a place of encounter for young adults, really. And they have younger groups come, you know, especially from Europe, confirmation groups, 15, 16-year-olds, mm. and then people, you know, over 30, you know, they, they accommodate that. But, uh, but people are hungry for silence, and the, you know, and there's so many uh, prayer practices, meditation practices. You can talk about the Jesus prayer, you can talk about centering prayer, you can talk about. You know Christian meditation, Lawrence Freeman. Uh, you know the different uh, teachers, uh, books on books by Merton, uh, James Finley, uh, Cynthia Bourgeau. You know there are a lot of women and uh, men uh, authors that are writing on contemplative practice. But uh, I, I would say I think uh, at Tézé and at the heart of any Tézé prayer service, it kind of builds to the silence in some ways. I think, because in the center, uh, three times a day at, at the church in Tézé the Church of the Reconciliation, in the middle of every service, there's really about eight to 10 minutes of silence. Wow. It's, it's closer to 10. And, um, and, and the brothers make a real strong point not to teach a method. They don't want the young people to say, you must learn how to do centering prayer, or you must learn how to do the Jesus prayer. The brothers are very gentle. Uh, and I think as Catholic liturgists and musicians, we have to be very gentle. Just like we try to uh, encourage all kinds of music, we try to just put it out there. Uh, we don't try to over-explain it, uh, but the brothers are very sensitive to the, the different personalities and the different ways that people, the different ways that God works within us, you know what I mean? So I really don't have to know the four steps of centering prayer. I don't really have to be a Jesus, you know what I mean? Uh, but I mean, all those things are great. And um, and James Martin would also say all those things are great, But um, but it's really about this, you're providing this space, you know what I mean? And to let God speak within, you know, the spirit groans, you know, these 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 words that we don't understand, we don't know how to pray, but if we just sit in sty- silence and, you know, just try to open our hearts to God and see what God will do, I, I think that's great. You know, there's that reaching out, you know, you can use all kinds of metaphors, and a lot of those meditation practice, met- uh, you know, Uh, practices really just use some metaphors to help us be present you know to go deeper within what does all that mean those are just metaphors to help us slow down stop and be awakened even the word awake you know what i mean so i think i think those are great things and I, i think it reminds us as catholic liturgists we have all those places in the liturgy that are that call for silence that we're just afraid of every sunday you know so are we really taking at least 30 seconds after each reading to have some silence in the space Uh, The real hard one, which is such a missed opportunity, is that silence after communion. But we really have to kind of gently teach our people and continually uh, cue people in on what's going on, you know what I mean? So, And then now with COVID, (laughs) you know, we're trying to get out in under an hour and, you know, know, (laughs) know, we're still trying to do our silence, but oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Oh my goodness, Uh, you know, it's just, uh, so just, I think people don't always realize they're hungry for silence. Um, I think people know they're very rushed. And this has been the kind of the kind of the phrase for many decades now. We're just kind of over. We're, we're just kind of overstimulated. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, you know, addicted to our phones or devices, all of that stuff. So to just sit still, you know. So so i I'd, I'd say the silence is really the most important piece. I, I mean, the communal singing, of course, but that merger, that blend of a little bit of scripture, uh, the communal singing, uh, the repetitive singing allowing the songs to go from your head to your heart, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really that head to heart uh, movement, you know, which is also, a you know, kind of a, another metaphor to go deeper within. And you think of the rosary, you think of other practices, you know, they're, they're just all to kind of still us to kind of uh, to let us be more open, to be more awake, more attentive. So, yeah, silence is key in a Tizay service. I'll go to, I'll visit other places and they'll do like two minutes or they'll do like a minute after every chant. And they never quite realize that the brothers have always called for one big chunk of silence <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of in the middle of the service. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's amazing to be around 2,000 young adults and people of all ages and just have this profound silence everybody's sitting on the floor some people on benches on the sides depending on your physical you know capacities and things like that so uh, yeah no silence is uh, important
0: other than the silence that you just described to someone who's listening who has not visited to what are some of the other things that you remember and some of the most powerful things that impacted you there
1: yeah so I would say in the US and a lot of the world, a lot of us just know Teze songs. And mm-hmm. I would really encourage anybody listening to, or if anybody's interested in kind of welcoming this type of prayer uh, experience in your parish or community, to just uh, kind of delve a little more deeply into kind of the mission of Teze or the community itself. And so I always send people to the, the Teze website, and the brothers do amazing things. and uh, Uh, But it's really about uh, people coming together from different Christian traditions and celebrating life together and celebrating faith. And uh, it's not so much about building Christian unity, uh, but discovering Christian unity. It's already there. You know, we're baptized, sisters and brothers in Christ. And we have lots, we have a lot more in common than we have apart. And I think by having a community of brothers, uh, over 100 brothers, where you know half of them are Catholic and half of them are from various Protestant and Christian Orthodox traditions, plus 28 nations or so. You know These men all living this kind of what they like to call a parable of communion or a parable of community, you could say. And then trying to find a way to pray together, trying to find a way to be very provisional and realize that, hey, right now we have to pray this way. And I think a lot of us as pastoral liturgists and musicians have had to learn to pray in new ways this year. But Teze always reminded me that, you know, they prayed a certain way 50 years ago. You know, they were founded in 1940. In, in you know, late 50s, early 60s, all the young people started coming to Teze. That's when the songs had to be composed. Because the way the brothers prayed, very traditional monastic type prayer trying to honor Catholic and Protestant, trying to be this thing that did, had never existed, this ecumenical community. Uh, you know, but they had to adapt and they had to find new ways to pray to meet the need of the day. And so, uh, and and I think that's what we all have to do too. All of us is, or you know, if we're trained, I you know, I'm a trained organist, but you know, I have to I have to broaden my. Uh, you know, I have to learn to pray, play different styles. And some styles I'm not very comfortable playing in. You know, I'd much rather be more classical or more traditional hymnody maybe, uh, but, you know, it's just always a stretch. And I think the brothers always in today showed that the most important thing is, is meeting people, celebrating life together in Christ, Not apologizing for Jesus, not trying to be a big interfaith thing, but truly ecumenical Christian, bringing Christians together, and then you're going to go back, what are you going to do, how are you going to live your faith? And all of that is helped by the songs, and all of that is helped by the silence, but by living together and eating simple meals and reminding that life, to have a beautiful life, you don't have to have a whole lot, you know what I mean? So the songs are simple. You go to Tezay, the food you might say is terrible or very simple. You know, <laughs> you go to Tezay, it's like camping. You know, you really can't mm-hmm. live on that food for three weeks, four weeks. There's not a lot of salad served at Tezay. You know, it's a <laughs> lot of carbs. <laughs> but you're there for a week. It's it's so simple. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and then you go back and you realize, wow, my my life is pretty packed. My life mm. is pretty overloaded. My life is pretty full. Uh, in probably not the best ways of having a full life. So I need to make space for a fuller life. And uh, so I think that's the thing to learn about Teze, but that call to ecumenical unity, that call to uh, sisterhood and brotherhood, and the songs are the vehicle. You know, the brothers always say, Mm -hmm. uh, the prayer that they do three times a day, they refer to it as a very poor prayer. It's a poor prayer, there's a poverty about the prayer. And Catholics could say, wow, you know, we have a very poor <laughs> liturgy too. You know, we use uh, we use bread that doesn't really look like bread. It's a very, sim- it's the simplest of breads you can imagine, unless your community is really committed to baking bread for the Eucharist and things that are all appropriate and, you know, there are various rules for all of that. Um, but, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from the community, the Taizé community over the years and uh, in my friendships with some of the brothers in particular, uh, just, you know, that idea of what do we need for now? What do we need to uh, encounter God and move forward now with what we have? What do we need? What do we not need? So yeah, so that's good. Lots of stuff to think about.
0: (laughs) I've heard that phrase too in the last year where of course COVID and the the quarantine that happened in many cities after that really made people step back and re-examine how packed their life is. And so, you know, I, I love the idea of making sure that as we move forward out of COVID into our, I don't want to say normal world, because who knows what that means, but whatever the next steps are, that maybe we are more intentional and stripped back in what we, you know, can do in our lives. And again, also not just for a practical standpoint, but also maybe for a spiritual standpoint so that especially we as music ministers are not overscheduled and, Overpack so that we, and I'll just speak for myself that I don't um, miss the sacred among me that that sits around me.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think I. I um, you said miss the sacred. Is mm-hmm. that what you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think um, I think a real important lesson, at least for me personally, is if you talk about getting back to some sense of normal. Okay, and we know it'll be a new normal, it'll be a different kind of normal and that's all good, but I, I think for me the real lesson is, is we don't have to bring everything back, mm-hmm. we don't, there's some stuff we can leave behind, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, it's been kind of interesting at my parish. I mean, this has nothing to do with Tezé, but we, <laughs> we've we had three months of in-person Tezé now. So people are slowly coming back. We only have about 100 people coming, you know, and um, our space at, at different times. You know, we were allowing 125. So I think we're up to 150. And now with the latest CDC, we're kind of moving up to three. We'll be moving in a couple of weeks up to 350, whatever. Uh, but, um, but the one thing that I think a lot of people have learned is... Uh, We we, we don't have to go back, but uh, but one thing is, um, you know, just greeting people. Uh, You know, we have this welcome team. We struggled for years with how to greet people before mass, all of this, you know what I mean? And now we have this whole team of people that are sanitizing hands and checking off names, you know, on a clipboard, but they're getting to know people and so, you know, it's really, it's been kind of a blessing, and uh, and I really think, uh, we've even said in my local parish here, because we have like five entrances to our church, I mean, mm. and we've thought, you know, when we're fully open, we should just really train people to just enter through the main door, so that they can be properly greeted, you know, because mm. you always struggle to have all these greeters at multiple doors, so this is a very practical, simple thing at my parish, you know. Um, But we, through this necessity of checking people in and through the struggles over the years, sure, we have ushers, we have greeters, but you know, those kind of go up and down, you know, how that is, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just been interesting to kind of get a few lessons or to acknowledge a few of the lessons we've learned from this time together. So
0: my last question for you is, let's say someone's listening to this podcast and they're familiar with Taze music, they they know Jesus Remember Me and maybe a few more, but they don't have a regular standing Taze offering in their parish community. And maybe they're interested in doing something like that. How does one start?
1: Well, the, I, I would say that's, and that's a great question. If you really wanna get Catholics and Protestants together, let's just say that, uh, then, uh, you know, you, you, probably have a meeting and do a little study and learn a little more about the Tese community. So learn about the community. I have kind of a, this, because this, uh, it's, it's so strong in Vatican II, all of our ecumenical uh, documents and uh, are, are all about bringing us back together, calling us to oneness, calling us to unity. So get a few folks that care about that and might, have a, uh, might be able to expand their vision. And then be mindful of uh, what Teze songs you might want to sing or what do you already sing in your community because you don't have to start from scratch. And then kind of decide to come up with some type of prayer experience where you can invite people from the area to come. And don't be worried about large or small. Don't be worried about lots of people, Uh, but really kind of study what the prayer, uh, what the brothers try to do try to learn from those around you. I mean, I mean, I go to different Teze style services and sometimes they don't feel very much like a Teze service or, or, you know, somebody gave me a Teze program recently. They said, Oh, we went to Teze in Colorado, let's say. And I looked at the program. There was not one Teze song on this program. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and I was like, well, I I don't know how much that's a Teze service. You know what I mean? Mm Because I mean, there was, There might have been one, I don't know, but uh, most of it was like other refrains and nothing wrong with that, okay? Uh, you know That's not a big judgment because the brothers kind of incorporate other music too. Most of the music that is sung at Taizé is written by Berthier uh, or or brother composers in the community, especially in Mm -hmm. the recent years since Berthier died Mm -hmm. a number of years ago. But um, so anyway, but you know, just kind of educate yourself, go to the website Taizé, the brothers uh, give nice guidelines. you know, GIA uh, publications uh, really has distributes all the TAZE resources. You know, there's a, there's a book called Prayer for Each Day. Um, But the Teze website, and through that, and GIA, there are recordings. You can learn how to actually, as a practicing musician, you can learn how to navigate this. It's very improvisational, and it's very different than Sunday liturgy. I have a lot of friends. You just have to really kind of take those, move those rules over for a little bit. It's not so much about animating every chant. It's very different than cantering at liturgy, you know, at Mm -hmm. at Eucharist. So, so, I would just encourage people to study and to ask questions and to give it a go, see what happens, and, and use a few Teze songs. <laughs> but, but you, you know, three, four, five, you don't need, you don't need eight or nine Teze songs. A Teze style service can be 30 minutes, it can be 60 minutes, uh, you know, it can be very simple, you know. Uh, but the components are the songs, a scripture reading, silence, and then prayers for the world, intercessory prayer. I mean, so it's it's so it's singing the songs, it's hearing a little bit of scripture, letting God's word take root, and it's allowing for silence and, of course, interceding uh, for all the needs of the world. So that's the basic, you know, there are basic, um, you know, basic outlines for that. All that's published too. You can find all that. So, but that's what I'd say. But don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. There's a lot of us, especially pastor musicians. We, you know, we're in charge of everything. And. Uh, and sometimes we just have to say, I can't do all this. I need a little help. And right. then it could be choir members. It could be, right. it could be a few people. So find the people that love to pray and say, can you help me with this? Or can we do this together? So that's what I would suggest. Take a little time to learn and then take a little time to pray with others and see what happens. And So, so that's great
0: great thoughts for us to think about great great things also for people also who like i said may know today but maybe have not experienced a today's service um, thank you so much for sharing your experience your knowledge on today i'm so thrilled that we get to start the series this way it really was a great start so thank you again for your time today and thank you for all you do for ministry
1: thank you Amanda and for all you do and uh, and God bless everybody keep singing everybody as best we can even if we have to do it quietly <laughs> that's <laughs> so, right <laughs> it's coming back it's coming back so. that's right
0: that's Sing right so, thank amen. amen thank you Thanks so much to David for his time today. For more information about Taze, visit the show notes of this episode at MinistryMonday.org and join us next week as we continue the conversation about Taze, as we are joined by Brother John Glassknap of the St. Meinrid Arch Abbey. The recording of Confitemini Domino was produced by GIA Publications. And the theme music of this episode was produced by Aaron Schaus. Today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday.